wake up. It's the Sleep Unplugged podcast with Dr. Chris Winner, episode 57, sleep and yoga. Gotta find a way to flow. Welcome everyone to the Sleep Unplugged podcast. My name is Chris Winner. I'm a neurologist and sleep specialist and your host for the podcast. If you're new to the Sleep Unplugged podcast, welcome. If you're a veteran, welcome back. Really glad to have you. It's been a fun week. We had another big episode with Sexomnia last week. Got a lot of great comments and feedback about it, including feedback from one of our super fans, Little White Dog Properties, who wrote, what an episode. I must have said, wow, and oh my God, out loud a dozen times while listening. That's great. That's what we're, that is what we're aiming for. And I will leave it to Steve Carell to say, that's what she said, uh, based upon your comments. Really excited that you enjoyed the show, Little White Dog Properties, and really appreciate your fanship. It was a big episode. It was an important topic. We've talked about important topics for the last two weeks, sleep and fatigue, sexomnia. So I thought we would mix it up a little bit and do something a little bit lighter, but maybe you know, no less important in terms of the relationship between sleep and yoga. Thought that would be a fun topic. If you want to interact with the show, like Little White Dog Properties, follow us, Dr. Chris Winner on Instagram, Dr. Chris Winner Twitter, Dr. Chris Winner Threads. You can find us on the Sleep Unplugged podcast page on YouTube if you like. And all of those places have plenty of ways to DM us with messages or communicate with the show. I'm going to spotlight another communication that we had last week. This was from toxin-free mom, which is great. I much prefer toxin-free mothers over toxin-enriched mothers. And toxin-free mom said, ooh, I'll have to give this a listen. I think my husband has this. Uh, my absolute favorite was the time he violently shook me awake. I woke up all scared and frazzled, and he just said, I just had to tell you that you're beautiful. And I appreciate you reaching out. This was one of the only messages that reached out to me publicly via Instagram. There were a lot of DMs and I and I really appreciate them all. You know, I, I think that this sort of opened up a lot of people's eyes last week to the idea that sexomnias are not terribly rare, that people have them. People do things in the night that range anywhere from sort of a fumbling mysterious, amnestic sexual encounter to something that's a little bit more serious or problematic. So I really appreciate all the communications, both public and private. I assure you, I read them all and, and thought about them all and appreciate them all. Really makes, makes us happy here at the podcast to know that we're reaching people and making an impact. So let's talk about the title. I almost went with a line from an Elvis Presley song called yoga is as yoga does but by god that song was so bad i could not make the elvis entry into the podcast and the spotify playlist that song that song was from the movie easy come easy go which i believe was elvis's 23rd song i'm sorry 23rd movie and that was from the soundtrack it's a rough song. He is you know, on record as saying he hated every song on that album. I'm going to read you a little bit of some of the lyrics from this song. Come on, come on, untwist my legs, pull my arms a lot. How did I get so tied up in this yoga knot? You tell me just how I can take this yoga serious when all it ever gets me is a pain in my posteriors. 
wicked, wickedly bad, but I thought it should be pointed out. Instead of that song, I went with a song from the out the, the group Live, which I was super into in uh, college and, and beyond. Uh, from their, well, I would call their fifth album. Some people call it their sixth album because they released a sort of an EP before their first album, Mental Jewelry, in 1991. This was from their album V which was never supposed to be released. They wanted to put out a whole bunch of free songs to their public. This was the time, you know, Napster and everything was getting going. And so they wanted to release all these songs free to the public and, and call it something like ecstatic fanatic or something like that. But anyway, this was from a song called flow, which I think has a really great message. And one of my favorite lines in any song, the mouth of God is wide. So let's just fall inside. I've always thought that was fantastic. So we'll add that to the Spotify playlist. If you're new to the show, we talk about um, some sort of item of music or a group or a song at the top of every show that relates in some way loosely to our topic. And we compile a Spotify playlist. Volume one has all the music we talked about from the first season. And I'm I'm going to get volume two up online pretty soon since we've got a whole bunch of songs on there. I don't think we need to wait a, wait a year for that to be released. And we'll add flow to it. And I'm debating whether or not to add yoga is as yoga does. It might just kind of wreck the the flow of the of the Spotify playlist and be one of those songs that you're constantly having to fast forward when you're listening to the playlist. So I'm still debating that one. So let's talk about sleep. A big disclaimers here and uh, sleep and yoga. I, of those two topics, sleep and yoga, I consider myself an expert in one topic and not an expert in the other. And I'll leave it to you to decide what I'm talking about. My knowledge of yoga up until relatively recently extended to the pants, maybe. Big fan of yoga pants. Not entirely sure what women wore on airplanes prior to yoga pants. Um, so I know very little about it, but I've been trying to do more yoga meditation, things that like stretching as I've gotten older, and I really like it. And my daughter is very interested in it. She actually works at a yoga studio in New York. I'll give a shout, a shout out to Integral Yoda, Integral Yoga in New York City. They're a fantastic, incredibly reputable old institution in New York City if you're ever looking for a place to study or take a class. My wife and daughter also went on this amazing yoga retreat, yoga escapes. You can find them online as well, too. You know, fantastic to do all these great retreats all around the world. And, and so they're really getting into it and kind of dragging me along for the ride. And I thought well, it would be really interesting to look at any available literature about the relationship between yoga and sleep. And again, not a not an expert on yoga. I kind of view it like cooking. You know, I've I've eaten Lebanese before, love it. But if you're asking me the right way to do a proper falafel, you are in the wrong place. So a uh, lot of appreciation on this podcast, maybe not bringing the full yoga knowledge. So if I make any mistakes or say anything wrong, please let me know. So yoga, as we're talking about, is the ancient Indian practice aimed at controlling and stilling the mind and gaining personal insight. That's sort of the, of all the definitions I found, that's the one that resonated the most with me. I also think it's the definition that resonates the most from a sleep perspective. Stilling the mind. How many times have we talked to patients who say, look, I get in bed, I just can't shut my mind off at night. So I like the idea of that being a practice, that being a skill that maybe you don't have the requisite amount of now, 
but you're working to gain that and looking at personal insight and maybe even insight as to your relationship with sleep. So I think the logical place, and we'll divide the talk into several groups, how yoga relates to sleep and insomnia. Prenatal yoga is a big one. Obviously, women with child can struggle with sleep. So prenatal yoga has sort of a dual uh, purpose. Uh, we can look at yoga specifically in the elderly who we know population-wise tend to have more issues related to sleep. Also put in some references to fibromyalgia and pain, which we talked about in episode 48, and uh, a little bit of restless leg syndrome. So when we think about insomnia, there's been a, there's been several studies. You know, what was interesting as we were talking about sexomnia, just how small that literature base is. I was actually pretty impressed with the the literature base and the research base between yoga and complementary medicine and sleep. It was really interesting. There was a 2004 study uh, from Applied Psychological Biofeedback. It was a study called Treatment of Chronic Insomnia with Yoga, a preliminary study with sleep-wake diaries. They looked at 20 participants that were doing sort of a simple daily yoga practice. Uh, there was like a two-week sort of instructional baseline, an eight-week eight intervention. And they were doing some of this study on their own. Some of it was in person, like in a studio. And the results showed a statistically significant improvement in the individuals who were doing yoga in terms of sleep efficiency. Once again, of the time you're spending in bed, how much you're actually sleeping, total sleep time, total wake time, sleep onset latency, how long it takes you to fall asleep, and then wakefulness after sleep onset, which again, kind of goes hand in hand a lot of times with sleep efficiency. And you know, th this showed sort of promising results. Again, we're looking at a very small study, you know, 20 individuals, but did seem to show uh, statistical improvement. There have been several studies looking specifically at something called yoga nidra, which is what is defined as being that state of consciousness between wakefulness and sleep, which once again, if you listen to the podcast, we did an episode on paradoxical insomnia, that idea that an individual feels like they're not sleeping that much when in fact they are, but they're kind of misperceiving lighter stages of sleep as being wakefulness. My guess is that yoga nidra state exists in that domain somehow, in some way. So yoga nidra state of consciousness between awake and sleep, and there's a lot of references to yoga nidra going back, even, you know, Edmund Jacobson, the, the individual who's credited with sort of creating progressively re relaxation, which we've talked about as a means of settling, dealing with insomnia, get in bed, think about your toes, relax them, think about your ankles, relax them, progress up your body until you fall asleep or you reach your scalp. Um, he actually thought a lot about yoga nidra and that space between consciousness and, and unconsciousness in a lot of his writings and yoga nidra usually there's sort of several steps to it sort of the preparatory step as an individual is getting ready to you know sort of be in that space sort of this resolve there's usually a mantra that individuals talk about they're going to resolve to sort of you know let let their thoughts go and and become uh put themselves into a different place. As their consciousness changes, they become more aware of their breath, taking in feelings and sensations. I think this kind of goes along 
with sleep in the five senses that we talked about in episode 54. You're trying to heighten your sense of smell and hearing and feel and, and as you're in this altered consciousness state, visualizing specific things. We've talked a lot about visualization on this podcast as a means of treating insomnia visual from anywhere from visualizing shooting free throws we talked about to uh i think it was was it joni mitchell that that did the whole oh, no no it was a i think patty Smythe actually th that had the whole visualizations of being on a boat and being so thankful to be in a the, the ship's captain gives the crew member who saves his son rescues his son you know a, a night in in the bed and just being so thankful for being in the bed and putting sort of sleep out i always love that story uh, and then you sort of repeat the resolve and then you emerge from that that altered consciousness state so that's sort of yoga nidra and in this first study from 2021 uh entitled a closer look at yoga nidra sleep lab protocol this necessarily this wasn't necessarily a study but it's a study that's preparing to sort of look at yoga nidra within the sleep space so they've you know, record recruited 22 adults between the ages of 18 to 45 with insomnia and the clinic the design of the study is Visit one, they lie quietly for 90 minutes. Visit, uh, visit two, they're randomized to either lying quietly for 90 minutes once again, or having a 30-minute yoga nidra instructional session followed by 60 minutes of lying quietly. So in, in both cases, you're getting 90 minutes of peacefulness in the control in the in the experimental arm, you're getting 30 minutes of yo specific yoga nidra instruction. Uh, the studies are powered to look at sleep onset, uh, heart rate variability, respiratory rate, and then a lot of self-reported uh, mood, anxiety, sleep parameters. So this study is sort of ongoing. And if you look up the study, again, you can, it's in the International Journal of Yoga Therapy. They're going to post the results of the studies. They have them. There's another 2021 study uh, entitled Yoga Nidra Practice Shows Improvement in Sleep in Patients with Chronic Insomnia. This was a randomized controlled trial of 41 patients with chronic insomnia who either received conventional intervention, which we've talked about, CBTI. We did a whole episode about CBTI as a treatment for insomnia, or Yoga Nidra. And it was 20, 20 individuals in each um, arm, I believe, or 20, 21, I think. So that was the 41 total people. And they're looking at polysomnographic data, salivary cortisol levels, and both interventions, both the, the CBTI and the Yoga Nidra, showed improvement in total sleep time, sleep efficiency, wakefulness after sleep onset, reduction in total wake duration, and enhancement of the sleep quality. Objectively, both interventions improved total sleep time and total wake duration, and both increased um, deeper sleep in two and in three. Yoga Nidra showed a marked improvement in the in two and in three sleep. And then salivary cortisol levels uh, reduced statistically significantly after Yoga Nidra. So both interventions did really well, but looking at deep sleep and cortisol levels, which could be an indirect indication of stress, anxiety, which we know are going to independently impact uh, depth of sleep and quality of sleep. Yoga Nidra did very well. And the p-value on that was 0.04. So 4% chance that those um, cortisol levels and, and deepening of sleep was something that was statistically by chance. Um, so really, really interesting study. Moving from there, I wanted to focus also on prenatal. There's a lot of information about yoga and prenatal care. 
And while I'm certainly not an obstetric doctor, I think I ruled that out within 45 seconds of arriving at medical school, if not before. I think it's important to think about women um, in that space and their sleep because it's a huge complaint within that population. So I wanted to highlight a couple studies. Uh, there was a 2013 study, Complement ther uh, Complementary Therapies in Clinical Practice. The name of the study was Tai Chi Yoga Reduces Prenatal Depression, Anxiety, and Sleep Disturbances. They looked at 92 um pregnant women uh, with depression. They were randomized to either the Tai Chi yoga group or sort of like a waitlist group and showed that individuals in that group had significantly improved mood and sleep scores versus the control group. Um, another study from 2012 entitled Yoga During Pregnancy, a review indicated yoga during pregnancy significantly lowered pain and discomfort perceive stress and improve the quality of life and sleep in virtually all physical domains. And, and that p-value was 0.001. So a 0.1% chance that that was uh, related to, to chance. Finally, in 2010, in the Biological Research for Nursing Journal, effects of mindful yoga on sleep in pregnant women, a pregnant women, a pilot study. And what was interesting about that study was they really looked at it by trimester and showed that women who began the intervention in the second trimester had significantly fewer awakenings and less time awake during the night and less perceived sleep disturbance uh, versus the baseline of individuals not, when they were not taking yoga. Uh, those women who began the intervention or began the yoga in the third trimester had much poorer sleep overall despite the yoga intervention. So what was interesting about that study is it really sort of pinpointed or sort of pointed at there being a time or a, an advantage to an earlier inter intervention uh, rather than wading uh, deeper into the pregnancy. I also wanted to talk about the elderly. I think the elderly are at high risk. And one of the topics that I want to do on this show is how sleep changes with age. That's a hot topic in the media. I, I think that a lot of details are often missed in some of those articles. So that's something we will talk about. But suffice to say, from the time we were born until we're in our 70s and 80s, we tend to be in a constant state of losing sleep. And, and that comes generally at the cost of deep sleep. Little babies get tons of deep sleep. Grandpa and grandma are not getting proportionately nearly as much as they were when they were younger. And so that combined with more fragmentation of sleep and wakefulness after sleep onset makes sleep concerns a big topic within the elderly. And so this was a 2010 study in the Journal of Nursing Research that said effects of yoga on sleep quality and depression in elders in assisted living facilities. 69 elderly residents were divided into two groups, the yoga group and the control group. And after six months of performing the yoga exercises, the participants in the yoga group had significantly improved uh, in not only in terms of their sleep, as well as their mood, uh, daytime functioning. Um, and all that was statistically significant p-value of that was 0.05. So 5% chance that that was um, by chance. And the authors also wrote, you know, additionally, the participants in the intervention group had a better results on outcome indicators um, in terms of their physical health and emotional well-being than those in the control group. So it wasn't just sleep, but it was really all sort of cognitive, emotional, and restorative domains seemed to improve significantly 
in the group doing the the yoga intervention. There was a similar study uh, in 2005, influence of yoga and Ayurveda on self-related sleep in a geriatric, pop geriatric population. They looked at 120 residents from a home, um, and these were individuals. I think the average age was 69, and they looked at you know sort of five-year intervals of this group, including a group that was doing yoga, which included physical postures, relaxation te techniques, breathing techniques, etc. Um, and the, the yoga group showed a statistically significant decrease in the time it took them to fall asleep. Um, and that was sort of like you know, on, on the average of 10 minutes. And you're thinking, well, okay, 10 minutes, big deal. Well, let's go back to our sleeping pill uh, episodes. And, and how many of those didn't show any impact on sleep onset latency or the time it takes to fall asleep? So I, I'm not here to say 10 minutes is going to solve the problem of the individual who take some hours and hours and hours to fall asleep, or at least that's their perception. But we're looking at a group that's at high risk. And that 10 minutes was very meaningful, you know, 0.05, p-value of 0.05. Um, it also showed um, an increase in the total number of hours slept. Approximate group average increase was 60 minutes. That's big. You know, again, let's compare it to our sleeping pill um, control groups. You know, again, I think that, that this is the population where you're going to really see the most bang for your buck. And then they also felt like they 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 were more rested, and all those p values were less than 0 0.05. So really, really great study. Um, the last two groups I want to talk about. The first is fibromyalgia and pain. Um, again, you can go back to episode 48 where we talked specifically about these groups and and how pain influences sleep. So this was a study from 2011 in Sleep Medicine entitled "A Pilot Study of Gentle Yoga." for sleep disturbances in women osteoarthritis. So I, I think that the, the gentle yoga is important because one of the things that we see, or I would see as a neurologist was, I need the individual with chronic pain, fibromyalgia, osteoarthritis to do certain things like exercise, swim. And a lot of times the pain made that extremely difficult, if not impossible. So this study was looking at 14 individuals with osteoarthritis who were involved in a sort of a gentle yoga protocol. Um, so, you know, presumably as to not exacerbate pain and disease that these individuals might be experiencing. So they were participating in a, you know, an average of, you know, seven classes and looking at their insomnia, severity index, diary reported sleep onset and sleep latency, sleep efficiency, et cetera. Um, there was also Pittsburgh sleep quality index index and Epworth. And when you looked at this, basically all of these things seem to improve. Um, Pittsburgh sleep quality, their Epworth was better, their daily diary of sleep time all showed improvement um, post-intervention. So again, you know, when we're looking for these challenging patients, what we, can we do to move the needle of somebody struggling with pain? This could be, a, there were very similar findings in a 2011 study uh, in uh, current pain headache, current pain and headache research. It was a, a journal article called Exercise Therapy for Fibromyalgia. And again, so, sort of showed the same level of improvement with individuals who were practicing these types of things. Uh, for restless leg syndrome, uh, that was our episode a while back. I think it was in the 20s. Uh, restless leg syndrome, you got to move. 
um, at the at the time we did that uh, study, it was a or did that episode. It was a very popular one. That was episode thirteen. So you know you've tried the dopamine agonist, you've tried the weighted blanket, you've looked at some gabapentin like medications, and it's just not doing it for you. Or you're trying to avoid medications for this, etc. Or you can't take them. You've tried them, they don't work. Or you're not able to take them because of some interaction. And this was a study uh, entitled. Uh, this was out of evidence-based complementary alternative medicine. The effects of a gentle yoga, yoga program on sleep, mood, and blood pressure in older women with restless leg syndrome, a preliminary randomized controlled trial. So this was a, a population of 75 women, but they actually pulled out, I believe, uh, no, I'll take it back. I think it was a study. This was 75 women and they randomized them to either um, this gentle yoga program or an educational film, 38 in the first group, 37 in the in the second group. The group that actually did the gentle yoga program and not, you know, watched the film about it demonstrated significantly greater improvements than controls in multiple domains of sleep quality and mood, significant reductions in insomnia, anxiety, perceived stress, and blood pressure, uh, as well as improvements in terms of their RLS. Uh, so most people with restless leg are not coming and saying, I've got restless leg. They're coming because of the disruption in their sleep. And this study showed that yoga could be a really nice complementary action for those individuals to help uh, improve their sleep quality. The last group I'm going to mention, I'm not going to go into any of the studies, but there were several that I looked at, was the relationship between yoga and cancer. We've not really done a talk or any kind of episode about the ravage ravages on sleep that cancer creates for people not only the patient, but the caregivers. I mean, cancer has its fingers in all kinds of people's sleep. But there were a lot of really promising and encouraging and positive studies looking at the effects of yoga and meditation and these kinds of practices in individuals who are dealing with cancer and the, the secondary problems like sleep that it created. So I encourage you to look those up if that's something of interest to you. So that's it. I wanted to keep this kind of fun and light We'll post some videos of me trying to do some yoga uh, this week um, and talking a little bit more about some of the research that I came across. But I hope if this is not something that you've ever do do uh, uh, jumped into, that that perhaps yoga might be something that you want to explore if you're somebody who's always wanted to either try to improve your sleep a little bit or maybe take what's already great sleep and make it even better. So let me know what you think about sleep and its relationship with yoga. DR Chris Winner Twitter, DR Chris Winner Instagram, DR Chris Winner TikTok, DR Chris Winner Threads. Please like uh, the episode, subscribe, be a part of the Sleep Unplugged family. We really appreciate each and every one of you for making this such a successful endeavor. Follow us on the Sleep Unplugged YouTube page where we post all the videos of all of our content. And until we talk again, sleep well. Namaste.